Good morning and welcome to episode five of The Elevated Life. I'm your host, Noelle Cuero, and I'm looking forward to discussing this topic of inflammation today with you. Uh, I'm not going to go into it in a boring way because honestly, this is one of my favorite topics to talk about because there's so much that isn't really understood uh, by the average person when it comes to inflammation and what it really means. And what I love uh, showing people is that when you understand what inflammation really means and what it is and what really causes it, you have now begun the first necessary steps in healing yourself of any chronic conditions that you may be dealing with. So that's why I'm going into inflammation in episode five. Before I begin, I wanna just let you know that Over the next several weeks, I'm going to begin introducing some of my favorite people in the world of health and nutrition and natural healing and self-improvement, law of attraction, meditation, really some of the most world-renowned healing experts uh, I'm going to be bringing on the show and interviewing and discussing some really fascinating topics with you all so uh, that we can all add value to your life. I love collaborating it and uh, learning from some of these the brightest minds out there today who are very passionate about helping people transform their lives just as I am and I love getting different perspectives uh, and different opinions and it I don't even always have to agree with uh, sometimes what other experts say and that's fine it's great just to get different opinions and points of view so I'm very excited about bringing some of these people on in the next few weeks some of these first beginning episodes are just an introductory into me helping you take some first steps towards learning how to heal learning how to get healthier learning how to reverse chronic conditions maybe you thought you could never reverse so that's what these beginning episodes are really geared towards is understanding really the root cause of all disease and and understanding there's very there's very simple first steps to take that will start to transform your life and something i've been repeating in all the episodes that i want to just touch on again is that all disease is two things, chronic nutritional deficiencies and chronic cellular toxicity. So if all disease is two things, that means reversing all disease requires two things, filling the body up with the right nutrients and helping the body remove the toxins from the cells that don't serve the body. And if you understand the premise that the body is simply one huge, massive collection of cells, hundreds of trillions of cells, and all cells need in order to thrive, survive, regenerate, and heal, and perform optimally for us, is nutrients. The right nutrients, the right amount of nutrients, uh, the right specific nutrients. And since all human beings are basically all the same, we generally all require the same nutrients. The only differences lie in the fact that some of us require different quantities of certain nutrients. Some of us absorb different nutrients at different rates, and some of us are predisposed to not being able to absorb certain nutrients as efficiently as somebody else. And that's why we all 
have different symptoms and that's why we all get sick differently and we all manifest disease a little differently even though the cause is always the same. The cause of all disease is chronic nutritional deficiencies and chronic cellular toxicity and even though our symptoms manifest differently, one person gets migraines, another person gets arthritis, another person may have ulcerative colitis, the cause is always the same. So if, if we're working from that premise, and I discuss this kind of on, on uh, repeat very often with my one-on-one my -on -one clients, uh, if you understand this, this will help you understand how healing begins. And you know, I wanna start also by saying the people who come to me for help, uh, one, they all the people that come to me are referred directly to me from somebody I have already helped, which is great because they, they've seen somebody personally in their own life who's already gotten better. So that's encouraging for them. So those are the people that, that reach out to me for help. The difference is I don't general I don't take on everybody that reaches out to me as a client because I can I can generally tell if somebody's really ready for help and if somebody's not really ready for help even though they say they are. So that's something I have to differentiate when I talk to people. But generally when people come to me, I'm really the last resort. I'm actually somebody they're coming to after they've already tried everything else and they figure, "Oh, well, I guess this couldn't hurt." I guess I have nothing to lose. I guess this might, this might be okay. But, and I, that used to bother me a little bit and now I actually love it. I love the fact that I'm a last resort because that tells me uh, that they've already, they've already exhausted all their other options. Uh, generally those are doctor's visits, medications, surgeries, scans, procedures, uh, all sorts of different things and those things they've already tried are not working for them. They're not helping them get better. They're not helping them feel better. In fact, they're generally making them feel worse. So that's when I get, that's when people come to me. So with that preface in mind, so you understand where I'm coming from in, in working with thousands of people, I generally hear the same things over and over from people. And in fact, I think one of my podcast episodes will be about my top 20 list of the things everybody always says to me when I'm working with them and the things they always ask me. Because there's like really a top 20 list of those things. But I don't wanna get sidetracked here. I wanna talk about inflammation. So when we understand inflammation, we can begin to understand how to heal ourselves. And I believe, probably more than anyone you'll ever hear speak, that we are totally responsible for healing ourselves. Yes, other people can help us. Yes, in emergency situations, uh, a surgeon could possibly save our life. Yes, in emergency situations, a drug might possibly save your life. However, in general, we need to be responsible for our own health and teaching our children how to be responsible for their own health and teaching our children how to value and honor their bodies just like we need to value and honor our bodies which we generally don't do or at least we don't learn it and sometimes sometimes we we do start to value and honor our bodies only after we have no choice so i hate getting to that point i like people to not have to get 
to the point of being a last resort. Like I, 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 I don't like to see people crawling in pain or scared for their life before they get help. I don't like seeing people in that state. It's horrible. I like seeing people in a state where they're feeling pretty good, but they could see something's maybe going wrong and they want to take action now. So if you're in that realm or maybe in the worst case scenario where you're just feeling miserable all the time and you will do anything for help, then listen up because I've got some great information for you. So first I want to share what inflammation really is. Inflammation is basically not always a bad thing, obviously. Inflammation is a protective mechanism by the body. Inflammation is what the body does when it needs to heal something like a cut or an injury or even damaged cells inside of our body where the body's actually trying to take care of stuff all day long that we don't even realize. Um, so inflammation is a good thing. It's, it's, the, it's a protective mechanism by the body. It becomes not a good thing when, it, when inflammation overtakes all of these other functions the body should be doing, should be performing. And basically, inflammation means white blood cells are elevated, an enzyme called C-reactive protein is already is always ex, uh, elevated, and again, it's almost uh, akin to having a low-grade chronic infection. So that's okay temporarily for the body. Like if it's trying to deal with an, an emergency situation, it's not okay if it's ongoing. Obviously, because that's when we start to feel sick. So, what are some symptoms? of chronic inflammation? Well, a quick answer for that is think about anything, think about anything that goes wrong with the body and you can associate it, you can associate it with inflammation. So think about arthritis or cancer or diabetes or asthma or allergies or migraines or any other type of chronic pain. The root, the, at the root of all of that is inflammation, always. So if you know that or you understand that, and a lot of people do, and this might not be anything new to you, if you understand that, then the great thing to understand is that reversing inflammation or, or, try, or basically you, you can never really eliminate all inflammation in the body. I mean, that's like saying, I mean, if you're alive, the body's usually dealing with some form of inflammation. Even like bacteria that comes into the body, the body's going to create some inflammation to get rid of the bacteria. The goal isn't to never have inflammation. The goal is for inflammation not to take over the body and for you, for you not to have massive amounts of inflammation going on. That's the goal. The immune system is responsible for controlling inflammation. So when our immune system is strong, inflammation stays at bay. Inflammation is functioning, that, that system of our body is functioning very well and efficiently. 
and it's doing its job. When our immune system is weakened, inflammation gets out of control. And that's when it's a bad thing. So that's when you see autoimmune diseases or again, any other diseases you can really think of. Heart disease, anything to do with the lungs, the bones, any, any disease you can think of. So if inflammation is something that can kind of take over the body, even if we don't really want it to, the next question is, well, how do we build up our immune system so that inflammation doesn't get out of control? Okay, well, let's talk about some of the causes of inflammation, which is basically what, how our immune system gets weak. What are some of the causes of chronic inflammation? Dehydration, chronic dehydration, about... 75% of all Americans are chronically dehydrated and don't even realize it. They don't even realize that their, their body's literally starving for water. And water is probably the number one nutrient the body needs, water. We die without it. We can go without food. We can go many, many days without food. We can go months without food. We can't go without water though. So. What happens is people eat the wrong foods that actually dehydrate, dehydrate the body. They actually drink the wrong drinks that dehydrate the body. So people are in a chronic state of dehydration and the, think about it, the, the body's over 80% water. So our cells literally kind of shrivel up and, and just can't, they're basically starving when, they don't, when the cells don't get enough water. So if we, every time we eat bread and you feel like you get bloated, Let's say you have a sandwich, you get bloated. That's dehydration. Every time you drink a diet soda that you think is liquid, that's dehydration because of the chemicals in the soda that dehydrate you. Every time you eat something sweet with sugar, that dehydrates you because sugar dehydrates the cells. And I could go on and on. It could list hundreds of things that dehydrate you. So chronic dehydration is one of the biggest causes of inflammation. And if that... If you understand that, you're starting to understand one of the first main steps to healing. Stay hydrated. And it sounds so simple. And we've heard it. Everybody hears drink more water, drink more water, drink a lot of water, drink, you know, four times your body weight in water, two times your body weight in water. There's all these different theories about how much you should be drinking, drinking. But actually, people just need to drink water. Period. I wouldn't I wouldn't even set an amount on it. I would just keep drinking it all day long because water flushes out the body's toxins. Water keeps the kidneys doing its job. Water helps the kidneys. Water helps every organ in the body. Water helps the brain. We think more clearly when we're not dehydrated. So anyway, if you have a lot of health issues right now, Ask yourself, how much water are you actually even drinking? I mean, and if you're drinking, if you're saying, well, I drink a lot of water, but I still have all these problems, then, then the next question is ask yourself what you're eating. <laughs> because half the things you're eating, if not more, are probably dehydrating you. So it doesn't even matter how much water you're drinking, if you're eating all the wrong foods that keep you de dehydrated, or you're drinking all the wrong liquids that keep you dehydrated. Again, diet sodas, sodas, t certain teas, uh, coffee, uh, certain protein shakes and powders. I mean, you can't believe what keeps the body dehydrated. 
It would be very surprising. So step number one in reducing and eliminating chronic inflammation. Stay hydrated. Don't be dehydrated. Step number two in reducing inflammation. How stressed out are you every day? Are you stressed out? Are you like out of your mind with stress every day? Do you wake up in the morning and just start, your mind just, it's like ready, set, go, and you jump out of bed and you just like think about, you start immediately thinking about the 400 things you need to do that day? And if you have children, obviously you're thinking about all the things you need to do for them. And if you have a regular job that you have to go to certain hours of every day, you're thinking about that and you're thinking about all the other millions of things with your family and your friends and your spouse or your partner and, and it's never ending. So how do you, it's not about avoiding stress ever. It's how do you manage stress? How do you handle it? How do you process it? What do you do to cope with it? What do you do to overcome it? What do you do to, to keep it at bay and, and live a pretty chilled life? Do you live a chilled life? Because this is what I'm an expert at, personally. I know, I'm, and I'm not bragging. I promise you, I'm not bragging. But I am super proud of the fact that my husband and I have made a conscious effort to create a very chilled lifestyle for us. And we did this years ago when we met. Because I was always doing that for myself since probably the age of 27. Because intuitively I knew that when I did too much or took on too much or was too stressed out, I was miserable. And I definitely am not the type of person that handles too much stress well. My nervous system gets whacked out. So I like to keep things pretty chill. I like to keep the drama low. No drama people, no drama situations. And, we, you, and you know what? You start practicing this and like any skill, you just get better at it. It becomes much more intuitive. You practice tuning out things that stress you out, not saying yes to too many things, designing a life that makes you feel calm and peaceful and relaxed. Because honestly, that's what makes me personally happy. That, that's definitely not for everybody. Some people thrive on stress. Some people love running around all day. I'm surrounded by people like that in my life. I, I could name 20 people in my own life who I'm friends with or family members who thrive on telling you how busy they are. The first thing they do when, they, when you get on the phone with them is they're going to tell you how busy they are, how many things they have to do, how many things they have to do. I mean, right when they pick up the phone, do you know these people? Or maybe you're one of them. Where somebody calls you, let's say I call you, I go, hey, how are you? I'm literally, genuinely, I am that person. I always call to check on people because, you know, that's what I do. So I'll call to say, oh, how are you? I was just thinking about you. And the other person says, oh, my God, you're not going to believe. It. I'm in the middle of blah, 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 blah. And then I have to do this and then I have to do that. And you're not even going to believe. And then this happened. And then my house fell apart. And then you're not even gonna, I have to, I owe all this money. And then I have to go to this place. And my daughter's sick. And we're sick again. Everybody's sick. Um, I mean, it could go, I could give you, again, dozens of examples of this and I'm not making fun of the, of people like this I'm this isn't to make fun of somebody but I do and my husband and I do choose not to live that way we don't live that way 
nor will we ever live that way. We have consciously chosen to reduce stress in our life. But it's a daily conscientious choice. And then again, it becomes more intuitive. So you just automatically tune things out or stay away from things or avoid things or don't overcommit yourself to things that are going to stress you out. And that's, there's so much freedom in that and there's so much happiness in that. And creating a lifestyle that is attuned to what you, your like highest vibration or highest ability, whatever word you want to use. So anyway, chronic stress. Chronic stress is one of the biggest causes of inflammation. And it's easy to say, oh, stress, I know stress made me sick. I know stress gave him a heart attack. I know stress gave him a, a stroke. Stress caused the cancer. People kind of get that. Now, I think, you know, people get it, but they don't understand it. They don't really understand what stress is. Stress means your adrenal glands are pumping out max doses of cortisol through your body. Cortisol is a great hormone. It's very essential, just like inflammation. You know, inflammation is very protective in the right amount. So is cortisol. Cortisol is super protective and necessary hormone uh, in the right amount. The problem is when we're producing excess amounts of cortisol day in and day out, 24 hours a day, the body shuts down because cortisol, excess cortisol is floating around the body where it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be used up in small amounts and then absorbed and pushed out through the body. But when there's excess amounts of this hormone floating around the body, it messes with all the other hormones, it messes with all the other receptors in the body, and it damages the immune system. It's almost like having, if you could picture, like just as an example, if you you took little balloons full of Windex and just put them in your side of your body, and they're kind of just bouncing around until they burst open, that's just like toxic, right? Like who's gonna drink Windex and think it's good for you? Well, who's gonna put their body through stress 24 hours a day and think it's good for them? Nobody, but they still do it. <laughs> and maybe that's you. So think of little balloons of Windex as cortisol and they just keep bursting open all day long into your body until your body just can't take it anymore and it starts screaming at you to pay attention and do something different. And unfortunately, that means something major is going wrong and then we listen and we go oh no I think I have appendicitis oh my gallbladder's exploding I have I have kidney stones I have migraines I have oh I just got diagnosed with diabetes or I'm so overweight I'm like 50 pounds overweight or whatever it is I am so tired that very often believe it or not as bad as those symptoms are there's still not enough for anybody to make any changes so this is one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast is we're going to talk about on so many episodes how to start creating a daily life for yourself that is conducive for healing, health, prosperity, happiness, peace. Because in the, at the end of the day, I think all of us just want peace and happiness. We want to feel like we're doing something good with our lives or helping people maybe or just feel peaceful feel like content and happy and excited about things. I mean, I think that's generally what most people want. And yet, a lot of times we lose sight of how to create that. So one of the biggest causes of inflammation is 
chronic daily stress that just you're not managing, you're not dealing, you're not changing, you're not making any lifestyle changes, you're not doing things to manage it for yourself, chronic dehydration. And by the way, one of the best ways to begin to manage chronic stress is learning how to chill out throughout the day. Not one time a day, but several times a day. Catching yourself and just going chill out. Your brain's racing, you're running around, you're screaming at people in the cars, you're late for work, you're di- you've got 17 errands to run and you've got people to pick up and drive. Chill out. Just catch yourself and chill out. So one of the, f- the, one of the best ways to chill out in the moment is to do something, one of my favorite breathing exercises ever that I actually have been teaching for many, many years, but one of my, one of my, I mean, somebody I really respect in, in the world of healing is, is Tyler Tolman, and he teaches seven, it's called seven sets of seven, and I think it's brilliant the way he kind of made that real simple for people to remember. I teach breathing in a similar way, but I never did it as 777. I think that was brilliant. It makes it so easy for people to remember. So one of the ways to calm yourself down in the moment, rushing, you're anxious, you've got so much stress, you're calm down. Remember, calm down. Your body wants you to be calm. We were designed to be calm, not freaked out all the time. So one of the best ways to do it is seven breaths in and seven breaths out. So counting to seven. So you're breathing in slowly, counting to seven, and you're breathing out slowly, counting to seven. If you can't do seven because you're too wound up in the moment, count to five. Keep your breath as slow as you can. Don't don't suffocate, but just you know breathe in as slowly as you can. The goal is to breathe in for seven seconds and out for seven seconds, and then you repeat that for seven times. I recommend doing it for 10 times or 14 times if you can. If you can only do seven times, great. So that should take you 14, <coughs> excuse me, 14 times seven. <coughs> what, how much is that? I don't know. I need a calculator. Excuse me. That's what happens. I'm talking too much. Okay. So seven sets of seven will help you relax in the moment. That's one thing you can do to keep conic, <coughs> to calm your nervous system down. Another thing you can do is take an Epsom salt bath at the end of your day. Epsom salt is magnesium. Magnesium absorbs into your bloodstream. It's the it's a master mineral, meaning we have huge quantities of it in our cells, and the heart muscle is the biggest uptaker uptaker of magnesium in the body. And it really soothes the nervous system. And basically, you can just assume you're magnesium deficient because pretty much every American is. And magnesium alone can help so many chronic conditions. You have no idea. I'm going to do a whole episode on magnesium. Uh, But just taking magnesium doesn't solve your problems if you keep doing all the same things that are causing your problems. I just need to stress, you know, bring attention to that. But one of the most relaxing things you can do is at the end of the day, take a magnesium um, Epsom salt bath, an Epsom salt bath, magnesium. Pour two cups in a hot bath, soak in it. It will 
you will sleep like a little baby sucking your thumb. I mean, it is so relaxing. You could do that during the day too or in the morning. You could do it a few times a day, but that's one of the things you can do to combat high levels of stress. Here's, let's go through some of the other things that cause chronic inflammation. And as you're listening to this, maybe some light bulbs are going off or maybe you can relate to what I'm saying or maybe you're rolling your eyes and you're thinking this doesn't even pertain to me. Well, keep listening. Maybe some of this other stuff will because as you listen to what causes chronic inflammation, you can start to think, well, huh, if I change this or I made these adjustments here, maybe I could start to feel better. So that's the point of all of this. So lack of regular uninterrupted sleep causes chronic inflammation. We were designed to sleep. Obviously, sleep is everything. Uh, that's when our, hormone, our hormonal system resets. Our nervous system, neurological system, our detoxification system resets. We actually detox overnight. The body detoxes and repairs and does most of its healing overnight. Why? Because the body heals in a relaxed state. So you could see the reoccurring theme here, I'm sure. When we're relaxed, we do our most healing. That's why I'm a fan of relaxing. I'm a fan of the people who live on the beach. This is, um, you know, you're talking, I'm speaking from experience. We live on the water. We, our windows are open so we can hear the waves all day long. That's relaxing to me. I like looking at the water, walking on the beach. This is very relaxing. If you can't create that for yourself right now, at least get some sleep. <laughs> because sleep is when we heal. Sleep is when the cells regenerate and repair. So sleep. Just get some good sleep. Not with a sleeping pill, because sleeping pills are toxic. I'm, I'm so against sleeping pills, I can't, I can't even begin. I can't even go off on that right now. I'm sure you see the news stories of people literally, like they're driving around in their underwear at three in the morning. They don't even know what they're doing because they're literally driving in their sleep because they took an Ambien. Have you heard these stories and seen them? It is insanity. Um, get some sleep. The body heals when it's calm and relaxed. Sleep is imperative uninterrupted sleep not the kind of sleep where you're waking up every 20 minutes or the tv's on or the uh get really good sleep and if you can't sleep uninterrupted through the night take a nap during the day even 15 30 minutes can make a big difference in how your body deals with inflammation because when it sleeps it has energy and it has the strength to repair and it has the strength to heal and it has the strength to regenerate cells. Lack of exercise is another cause of inflammation. The body wants movement. That doesn't mean you have to be on the treadmill for an hour every day. That's not the kind of movement I'm a fan of. Just move, walk, stretch, yoga, weightlifting, strengthen your bones, strengthen your muscles. Those are all great forms of exercise. Even deep breathing is a great form of exercise. And getting lungs, getting uh, oxygen into your lungs deeply is extremely healing and helps combat inflammation. More causes of inflammation. The lack of daily sun, sunshine. Now, we've been taught to stay out of the sun and wear chemical sunblocks, which actually cause skin cancer. It's, it's pretty ironic that we've been lathering ourselves and our children not 
you know, with sunblock for the last 30 years, being scared to be in the sun. And the sunblocks are actually causing skin cancer, not the sun. It is crazy. If you see the chemicals in these sunblocks, you would never put one on, you would never eat that stuff. I mean, why would you put it on your skin and that absorbs into your bloodstream? Just ask yourselves. The sunblocks are toxic. There are there are things you can do to protect yourself from the sun. Anyway, we all need more vitamin D. Most people are very vitamin D deficient. Vitamin D, though, is not a vitamin. It's a hormone. Our body actually converts it into vitamin D. It absorbs it from the sun. It goes into our skin, and our skin converts it into a hormone. It's not really, it's, I'm so, it's, it's a hormone. It's not, they've named it a vitamin. It was actually originally categorized incorrectly and they never changed it did you, I, I don't know if you're listening and you know this you can look it up vitamin d was actually categorized wrong initially so they just kept it that way <laughs> they called it a vitamin and even though it's not it's a hormone but they kept the categorization as a vitamin so <sighs> crazy but so you really you don't really want to supplement with vitamin d i'm not a big fan of that um it's not really the way it works and i can't get into that right now either but Get in the sun. Get in the sun. 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes a day. Get into the sun. You don't need to bake in it. Just walk around in it. Um, that because the more, the more sun exposure, the less inflammation you have. I'm, I mean, regular. I'm, I don't mean getting burnt. I don't mean getting sun damage. I just mean getting some sunshine a little bit every day. And different skin types and different people can handle sun very differently than others. Uh, what else causes chronic inflammation? The wrong chemical laden foods. Now, I talk about foods all day long. This is a whole topic of uh, passionate interest for me. I've been researching and writing about ingredients going on 20 years. I've been talking to food manufacturers and supplement manufacturers going on 20 years. And what I know about what they put in our food and our supplements would just traumatize you. It's kind of traumatizing, I have to be honest. The more you learn, the more scary it all gets because you think, who's protecting us? You know, when you're a kid, you think everyone's looking out for you. You think everyone's looking out for your best interest. You think the government's protecting you. We're, we grew up with all these beliefs, and the older you get, and the more you learn and the more you realize it, the scarier it gets. I, I mean, I will admit it. Uh, but, you know, I look at this information as empowering. So the more you know, first you freak out, and you go, I can't believe this. This is crazy. This can't be true. Why aren't they doing more for us? Why isn't anyone looking out for us? So once you get past that, it's almost like the stages of grief. You know, first there's denial, and then there's, like, anger, and then there's, like, sadness. And I don't even know if I'm, know if I'm saying all the stages in the right order. But uh, that's kind of what happens when you learn that no one's looking out for you. Because, really, that's what happens when you, when you start learning about all this information. It gets a little, uh, it gets a little surreal. But what they put in our foods is killing us. We're the only country on earth that allows food companies to put into our food the chemicals that they do in order to save money and have more profits. It is crazy. We're the only country in the world. Everybody knows that when you go to Europe, 
and I'm sure you've seen this for yourself if you've gone to Europe or you know people who have, you'll see the same American foods in the grocery store there, like, for example, Kellogg's cereal or Jiffy peanut butter or whatever. And you'll see totally different ingredients on the very same American products. They're actually real ingredients. They're, they're like the real versions of the food. So if it's like cornflakes, it'll say like real corn or real salt. Or But here you'll see 15 other chemicals that you can't pronounce. One of my favorite things to do with people when I first start working with them, because again, this is kind of how you start understanding how to take responsibility and heal yourself, is you first have to understand what's going in your body. And when people start learning about ingredients, it's just like, mind-boggling and and very overwhelming and shocking for people because everyone's asking the same questions like well why would they put this in our food i don't know good question <laughs> why would they it's it makes no sense it makes no sense what we're being fed but forget what they're putting in our foods what are they spraying our foods with i mean forget the finished product where they're pouring all sorts of crazy chemicals in it before it even gets to that stage, it's already been sprayed and chemically fertilized or chemically altered or genetically altered or, you know, it's crazy, really crazy. So the first, one of the most important things to do when you ask yourself, well, why do I have this chronic health condition? Just ask yourself, what's going in your mouth? Second to water is what's going in your mouth, the foods. Water number one, dehydration number one, foods, close second. Or probably equal, because that's where we get all our nutrients. We get our nutrients from food. And if we're all we are is a big collection of cells, and all cells need to survive and thrive and prosper and regenerate and heal and perform properly, our nutrients, then where are you getting your nutrients from? So ask yourself, just right now, if up until this point today or yesterday, did you only put high-density nutrients in your mouth? Was everything a high-density nutrient? If you say yes to that, you're, you're winning. You're winning. You're definitely winning. And I mean everything you put in your mouth, meaning no medications, no alcohol, no, you know, none of the stuff that is really an anti-nutrient. So that's just the number one question to ask yourself every day. Am I putting high density nutrients in my mouth? Am I making that choice for my body to honor my body, to heal my body? Is it a high density nutrient? Sometimes the answer will be no. Like, I'm not perfect, personally, and I never, I'll never ever ever claim to be, and I tell every single client this, because they always want to know, well, what do you eat? What do you do? I mean, like, how do you live? And I always say, listen, I enjoy my life. Like, if my husband wants to get pizza, which sometimes he does, I'll definitely have a bite of pizza sometimes. The only difference is I'm not going to eat two pieces generally, A, because I don't want it, and B, because, you know, I just don't have a huge taste for that stuff anymore. But yeah, who doesn't like a little pizza sometimes? Like, the taste is great, but I'm definitely not going to eat that very often. And it could go, I could give you 100 examples of that. The thing, the th difference is, is what do I do 90% of the time? And I have to be honest, what I do 90% of the time, which I now do naturally, in the beginning it was when I was learning this stuff years ago, it was definitely not easy because I was coming off of major food addictions. I was the most food, 
I had the worst food addictions of anyone I've ever met. I mean, I had the worst eating habits. I was horrendous. And that's why I had all my health issues, asthma, allergies, anxiety for years because I was eating garbage. So literally I was garbage. Like internally, my body was kind of garbage. So, but, so no, I don't try to be perfect. I don't aim to be perfect, but I do know um, the best thing to do when you're starting to kind of learn about ingredients it's just take one group at a time, you know, to start with, with one food group. But I'm going to get into this in some other episodes is how to start, you know, shifting over some ad- addictions, food addictions that we all have. And why are we all food addicted? Well, because the food companies learned many, many years ago because they hire scientists to create our foods. You know, our foods are created by scientists and formulators. It's just insanity again, but yes, not chefs, but formulators and scientists. And they put together really these magic formulations that know they're going to get you addicted. And our brain does get addicted, just like our brains get addicted to heroin and morphine and other substances and, and sugar. If you, if you show the brain of somebody who just ate sugar and compare it to the brain of somebody who just did heroin, the same exact areas of the brain are lit up in a scan. So if that doesn't tell you something, I mean, all the food companies know the best way to get anyone addicted is put sugar, a little salt, and then a little fat. And that magic combo, sugar, salt, fat, will get somebody addicted every time. That's why if you've ever known anybody addicted to drugs, and I've known many, many people addicted to drugs, when they're getting off of drugs, they crave sugar more than anything else because they're trying to keep that same area of the brain lit up. So if you've ever gone to uh, meetings or you supported anybody through drug addiction recovery, you will know that they're gonna crave sugar, uh, like hardcore. I mean, they're gonna be drinking sodas and dumping sugar in their coffee and candy bars and, and you know, that's just the way it goes. So that's what causes inflammation. Chemicals in our food, the wrong foods, Chemicals in our drinks, in our beverages, not enough sunshine, not enough or none, no exercise, not enough sleep or no un- uninterrupted sleep, chronic daily high levels of stress, chronic dehydration, some more things that cause it, unhappiness and dissatisfaction with your life, basically hate your life. You wake up and you go, I can't believe I have to go through another day right now. And, and I can relate to that. I have felt like that at different times in my life in the past. I really have. I know what that feels like where you go, I can't. I'm not happy right now. And there's a million reasons for unhappiness, you know. And some of those reasons are sometimes out of our control. They seem like they're out of our control. Of course, happiness is always within our control, but we don't feel like it is sometimes, you know. Somebody treats you badly. Somebody screams and yells at you. Somebody breaks up with you. Somebody leaves you. Somebody... Uh, says something abusive, you know, you're not getting what you want out of life, you're broke, you can't pay your bills, your kids are sick, I mean, you're dealing with somebody sick, I mean, there's a million reasons for unhappiness, a million, so how we process unhappiness and deal with it is the same way, same thing you can apply to stress, it's not about never having things that create a little bit of unhappiness or unrest, it's how do we process it and manage it, that's the answer and that's the question, or that's the question. So the answer is learning how to process happiness, learning how to process dissatisfaction, and turning it around for yourself in a way that you don't view it as that. 
again, I know a lot of people, every time I reach out to them, they're like, there's not a lot of positivity going on. They don't really have a lot of positive things to say. Do you know a lot of people like this? Can you reach out to a lot of people in your own life right now? Or maybe this is even yourself. And you're thinking, wow, gosh, I could think of like 20 people right now who are just miserable. They're not happy. They're not doing anything about it, though. They're not changing anything. They're just talking about how unhappy they are and staying that way. So these are things that lead to stress, unhappiness, I mean, lead and cause inflammation, excess weight gain, lack of relaxation or happiness habits built into your life, toxic grooming products, toxic cleaning products that all seeps into us and creates inflammation, detergents, bad air quality, bad lighting in our, in our environments, overexposure to electromagnetic radiation, computers, phones, iPads, Bluetooth, TVs. Okay. Are you getting it? Are you getting it? So that's inflammation. That's a lot of things. That alone, what I just mentioned, could be very overwhelming. That's a pretty big list. And you're probably thinking there's no way there is no way I could ever, ever, ever eliminate everything from that list or change it all. Actually, A, it's not true. That's not true because I'm on the other side of that list. Like I look at that list and I go, check, 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 meaning I've dealt with those things. Those, those are not things that apply to me anymore. If you asked me 20 years ago, I'd be like, I'm, I'm all of that probably. I'm a lot of that. I have a lot of those issues. I need to I need to rectify a lot of those problems. Right now, though, where I am now, I don't. And that's where a lot of people are. Like, um, in fact, I'd say most of my former clients are on the other side of this. Uh, so it may seem overwhelming to listen to all these things and go, well, I could never, then I can never eliminate inflammation. I can't change all these things. But you know what? You can. You can. You just do one thing at a time. And as you do one thing at a time and you take little baby steps, little baby steps, slow and steady wins this race every time, those little baby steps turn into bigger steps and then bigger steps and it becomes more and more effortless. And one change evolves into another change and then that change evolves into another change and these habits, they build on each other. And each habit makes the next habit easier to get to. It's really like the same as working out. You know, you lift a five pound weight and then all of a sudden you move to seven pounds or 10 pounds or, and that's just it. We're just building muscles uh, in making these changes in our life. Something I wanna talk about before I go, cause this is a longer episode. I'm trying to keep most of the episodes around 30 minutes, but this is, looks like it might run into an hour. So I hope it's, I hope it's not going on too long for you. But one of the other things I wanna to touch on before I leave you with this is what are the main things that I'm ingesting that are causing inflammation? Because that's really a big question for people. Like, well, what am I eating that could be causing all this inflammation? And I'm gonna tell you. Number one on the list is sugar. Sugar is dehydrating and it robs all, our, it robs all the nutrients that we need from our body. Sugar turns on all the same areas of the brain as drugs. So it is not only a toxin, we become addicted to it. And that the sad part about it is most of us get our kids addicted to it and hooked on it real young. It's funny because we would never give our kids cocaine or heroin, and this might seem like an extreme comparison, but we willingly give our kids sugar. 
And sugar ramps up a, a kid's nervous system and changes their brain chemistry in a way that if you could see inside their body when it was happening, you would never give it to them. Just like you would never give your, your son or daughter a little drink of Windex every day and go, here, this is, you know, it's a treat. This is just a treat. You did so good at school. It's a party. It's a celebration. It's a reward. You did it good at the doctor's office. Here, have a treat. Here's some Windex. We would never do that because obviously Windex would taste terrible and, Windex, and we, we realized Windex could probably kill us. But we don't realize that about sugar because it tastes so good. But the good news is there's lots of other things that taste just so good to a kid. <laughs> we just think we, we're just passing on what was done to us. And we're not doing our kid any favors. When we get our kids addicted to sugar early on in life, we're literally creating one more problem for them to overcome. Because for the rest of their life now, they're going to have to try to overcome this addiction to sugar. As opposed to never really getting a lot of sugar, they don't develop a taste for it. I know because I've seen it with my own kids. I have an 18-year-old, I have a 12-year-old, and they actually don't like sugar. I mean, my son, if you give him something sweet, he spits it out. And what's so interesting is when you don't develop a taste for sugar, it actually doesn't taste good. I know that sounds crazy, but it actually starts to taste kind of bitter. It's weird. It, that's how it tastes to me now a little bit, you know? Um, so, like, he doesn't even like... My older daughter, my 18-year-old, my she, she likes a little bit of sugar here and there, but she really... She doesn't gravitate towards it at all. So, you know, um, it's because they didn't really grow up. It wasn't in the house. You know, if they had sugar, you know, we were maybe at, at different situations where they had it, or at school, of course. Kids always get it at school, but... It wasn't in the house, so they didn't get addicted to it like that. And that's great, you know. It's great to know your kid's not addicted to sugar because it's a drug that they're literally going to have a problem with for the rest of their life. But it doesn't have to be that way. Fruit, to a kid, tastes amazing. If they never knew sugar, processed sugar, fruit would taste amazing. And it does. It tastes amazing. So another, so the foods we, that we're eating that cause inflammation, sugar, Processed, homogenized, fortified, pasteurized dairy. Processed, genetically modified grains that are fertilized and sprayed and pesticides. And chemicals in our foods and beverages like flavor enhancers, different types of preservatives, uh, different types of food colorings, binders and fillers and I mean genetically modified ingredients that are created in labs. It goes on and on. Regular consumption of alcohol causes inflammation. Uh, too much caffeine. Pharmaceutical drugs, over-the-counter drugs, recreational drugs, low-quality supplements. They cause inflammation too, believe it or not. So lots of things that you're ingesting could be causing inflammation. So I would ask you to just look at those things and, you know, start wondering, you know, start evaluating what you're doing that's contributing to, to, to inflammation. So if you're dealing with any type of chronic health condition, or maybe you're not, even better, even better, you're listening to this and you're going, well, you know, I eat all this and I eat all that and I do this and that and I feel pretty good. Great, now's the time to make some changes while you're still feeling pretty good because I promise you, this stuff catches up with everybody now. 
Everybody's got these examples. Well, you know what? My grandfather lived to be 95 and he drank and he smoked and he ate whatever he wanted and he, <clears throat> and he was fine. Great for your grandfather because I've heard these stories a thousand times. Great for the person who lives to be 95 and they feel good. Amazing. Here's the problem. That's not happening anymore in the day and age we live in. Your 95-year-old grandfather that lived to be 95 smoking, drinking, and eating whatever they want was not exposed to all the things we're exposed to now. They weren't exposed to all of it. They, were, they grew up and their immune systems actually developed in a time when things were not what they are now. They were not exposed to the electromagnetic radiation inundating the body 24 hours a day along with the chemicals in the air and the water and the sewage and the I mean they're not they the and the 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 cleaning products and the 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 bathing products and the foods the tainted chemical laden foods they just didn't grow up with that stuff does that make sense I mean maybe it does maybe it doesn't maybe you're shaking your head and going nah that doesn't make sense well that's what happens that's that's how it works and also, your 95-year-old grandfather didn't get any of the vaccines that you've had. And vaccines are a nightmare on the immune system. Not because, it, if you never read ingredients in vaccines, I urge you, just as a side note, to start looking at the ingredients in vaccines. Those are, that's public knowledge. Just Google ingredients in vaccines. Google it. Uh, and then get back to me and what, tell me what you found. And ask yourself, would you ever eat any of those ingredients? Or would you ever give them willingly to a kid knowing that they're all toxic and they all cause cancer? So, anyway, I think that's good. I think that's good. That's where I'm going to leave it. We're, we're doing a lot of things that cause inflammation. We're eating a lot of things that cause inflammation. We're not doing a lot of things to help inflammation or eliminate inflammation. So there's lots of things we can do to start making these shifts. I'm going to keep talking about these topics in upcoming episodes. I encourage you to subscribe. So if you do subscribe, you'll get an email delivered every morning with a new episode. There's going to be 365 podcast episodes this year. So that's one a day. That's one podcast a day delivered to you, hopefully with, with valuable, interesting, inspiring information. This information is never meant to overwhelm you or depress you or scare you in any way. It's meant to, you know, open your mind a little, maybe, maybe plant some seeds, you know, maybe give you some things to research on your own. You know, some things that I talk about, maybe play this episode over if you weren't sure about what I said or you're not, you're not quite clear on something, maybe listen to it again. Um, feel free to reach out to me anytime. Uh, go to my website, thebodyreset.com. All these episodes are available on the elevatedlifepodcast.com, every episode. And it will, you know, I, again, I encourage you to subscribe. It helps support what I'm doing. It helps support my friends I'm going to be bringing on to uh, you know the podcast so it helps support getting this great information out there and I really just encourage you to uh, pass this on to anyone who you think could benefit from hearing this information 
So thank you for listening. I look forward to talking to you tomorrow and sharing some more information with you tomorrow. And I hope you have an amazing day. And you know what? I want to leave you with one of my favorite inspirational thought leaders of our time, Abraham Hicks. And it, this is one of the things that she wrote about. Making peace with my today will improve my future. It may sound odd, but the fastest way to get to a new and improved situation is to make peace with your current situation. By making lists of the most positive aspects you can find about your current situation, you then release your resistance to the improvements that are waiting for you. But if you rail against the injustices of your current situation, you hold yourself in vibrational alignment with what you do not want, and you cannot then move in the direction of improvement. It defies law. In every particle of the universe, there is that which is wanted and the lack of it. So hopefully that makes sense to you. So basically what this is saying is make peace with where you are today. Love yourself right now in this very moment, even if you don't really feel like it. Start to love yourself, accept yourself, accept your situation, make peace with it, honor it, respect it. Then you will be able to move past it to a better situation. If we complain and complain and hate and, you know, rally against what's happening to us, that will just keep attracting more of that same energy. We always want to focus on the energy we want to attract and not on the energy we don't want to attract. Just like when we're feeling really bad, we don't want to keep talking about how bad we feel. We don't want to keep giving it energy. What we want to do is focus on what we do want, which is feeling good. So just align with feeling good, imagine feeling good, feel feeling good, feel how you felt when you felt your best, feel how you felt when you feel the most relaxed, feel that, be that, and that will sooner be yours. That is the truth. That is how this works. I've seen it over and over and over again. So I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you for letting me share this with you, and I appreciate you. And here's to living your elevated life. Talk to you soon. Bye.